everybody and welcome back to the St. John's Crawley podcast, podcast number 25. And I, I found a musician for you. Okay. Adele, she's got an album called, called 25. 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Go. Yeah, I've heard of Adele, unlike you, I've not heard of Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, and she had an album called 18. She did? Oh, there you go. What, is there some, is she, was it Michael Jordan number 18? No, something? no, no, I'm just saying that I have a depth of knowledge about, <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> about a, a musical knowledge, sorry, yeah. yeah. Okay. Taylor Swift did the same thing, didn't she? 21, 21 so, oh yeah. no, 22. 22. I don't know well. about you, oh, but okay. I'm feeling 22. Okay. Um, love a bit of Taylor Swift. Oh, well, I've got three girls. I, yeah. li- I grew up in the car for the last 10 years with Taylor Swift. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, so today we're going to chat a little bit about becoming like Jesus, um, which is what Stevie spoke about at church on Sunday just gone. Yeah. Um, we're going to look a little bit at those. If you if you saw the preach or if you missed it, do go back and watch it on the YouTube channel. But we had a couple of slides, so we'll go through a bit, a bit yeah. of them and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, do you want to kind of crack us open to be? Yeah, we t- you know, we're obviously doing the three things that uh, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as Talmudin, you know, as disciples that we should orientate our world our goals to be to be like with Jesus, our rabbi, to become like Jesus, our rabbi, and to do what our rabbi did. And that's what we're going to be exploring this week, coming up on the 25th of October, is looking at that. And that's, uh, that's yeah, I'm excited by that as well. I'm excited by all the preaching series, not because I'm delivering them, but they've really started to transform my heart personally. Yeah, yeah. And to become like Jesus sounds, it's like, oh my word, that's never going to happen because it's me. Mm. and uh, we carry all the stuff into that whole question of becoming like Jesus because we know what we've done in our past, we know what our hearts are like, we know what it's like when we just have an interaction with someone and mm. defensiveness comes up and, and we start, yeah, we, we don't come from a pure background but we know we live in a fallen world uh, but our call is still is to become like Jesus and that's not a quick fix, that's not something you just wake up and uh, drop the mic on a Monday morning and think mm-hmm. I've done. I can walk into work and who we are. Yeah, I'm like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, all you got. Yeah, you, you know, we we work for a church and that's not possible. No. So let alone working in uh, the secular world yeah. in like in law in all the spheres of influence in lawyers and in insurance when you are rubbing against uh, really different cultures and different mm-hmm. sort of messages. In many ways, when I was working in the police. It was actually quite easier to be a Christian in one way because you were so affronted with what was coming at you that there was so distinct that you had to really concentrate on being being with Jesus. So when I used to go in the office, I used to uh, ask uh, the church to email me. So the vicar used to email me in two or three times a day in, in different ways. I can't, you couldn't obviously do that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't sustainable. But my Christian friends had my work email address and it's something quite powerful about getting at some point in the day, it would send to you back and go, oh, yeah, I'm part of a community yeah, that's really yeah. following Jesus and this is my calling right now. So, mm. But the becoming like Jesus is just, uh, yeah, it's, it's so hard because we, we carry so much stuff that we often think this never can be solved in this this world. And But as I've said a few, few times, this is not to take away for things like mental health because we're a complex, the human beings with our brains, uh, not to say the deterioration of the body exists, that's a, that's inevitability, but there is somewhere in, you know, that some issues that we carry um, that with God, you know, Jesus is the answer. You know, I think that Jesus is answer. There's not a thing in the world that Jesus isn't the answer for, but I'm not so naive to think there's other stuff that people are struggling for and it's not a, 
it's not a sort of looking at people and saying, oh, well, if you had enough faith and you were becoming enough like Jesus, that this would be solved. It's not that simple. And that's why we, we came. Having looked at uh, different churches, this is not original to us. This is not Steve Burston written. So, you know, it's, um, but it's a paradigm that we sort of preached on and uh, taught on on Sunday that I think helps in that journey. If So say there's a worldly thing that you're really struggling with, which is like, you know, take pornography or you're addicted to shopping. You know that when, you know, you, you're low, you go and buy something and actually uh, you're satisfied for an hour and a half and then suddenly it's something new. There'll be a drink as you come in the, in the house to, oh, I need to calm down and have a bottle of wine and now I'm calmed. Or you want to zone out so you go and watch Netflix. So there's lots of things that we will go to to dialify uh, and dumb down what we're doing. And I think we've, I think because we're so hurried and busy, mm-hmm. there isn't anything. And I've preached, I don't know if I preached about it on Sunday, but definitely be considering there's no such thing as boredom anymore. Mm. Yeah, when I was growing up, we didn't we had three you believe this james we had three tv channels three wow. and they ended at night with the national anthem <laughs> so there wasn't 24 hours tv there was no internet there was no mobile phones and we had this thing bizarrely that was like sunday afternoon boredom yeah and so you had space to think things through or mm. space that you don't have now mm. and so i think we've got a culture that We'll pick up a phone and start looking randomly for the next thing to buy, yep. the next holiday to go on, or go down a wormhole on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram. or And before you know it, three and a half hours have passed and yep. you're then complaining that you haven't got time to come to church, you haven't got time to serve, uh, you haven't got time to invest in your family. But I think we are still... Time's the greatest commodity we've got. Mm. And it's the most valuable. Mm. And the biggest thing you can show your love to someone is by your time. Yeah, yeah. But I think we waste an incredible amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, like, it's the way that you think about it, about time, isn't it? Because when we often think, you know, the day starts and we wake up and we go to work. And, um, but in like, at the, by the beginning of Genesis where it says, and there was night and then day and the first, or what, I can't remember exactly the, what it is, but night comes first. So you're starting the day out of rest and the Sabbath was the first day of the week. Yeah. And so you're starting out of a position of, of restfulness. Yeah. It's what I said to the staff to, you know, the team that gathered to pray before the service at eight o'clock is mm. Sunday doesn't start at half past seven or seven o'clock when you wake up on a Sunday morning yeah. and you just walk into church on a... Sunday worship starts at 6 p.m. or the night before and our days do start of how how we go to bed rested and centered on God is how our next day will often begin Mm. there's a there's a wisdom in it it's not a formula but there is a wisdom over time that is in it yeah and you don't just fall into it do you so we spoke on Sunday about uh, unintentionality with your spiritual formation and by that means like uh, becoming like Jesus the spiritual formation is it or versus the intentionality um and so in the unintentional we had a triangle so imagine it in your in your mind's eye and at the top there were stories on the left there was habits and on the right there was relationships can you unpack that a little bit yeah yeah definitely so it's just basically saying that we are being formed whatever we like so you could be as unique as a as a snowflake or as unique as a fingerprint and that's we we live in a world that is talking about radical individualization so you choose your truth you choose what's true for you and you select what you do and that's the world we live in there's freedom of choice is extensive 
actually freedom of choice actually paralyzes people and you will be formed you'll be formed by the stories that uh that you tell about yourself or you find yourself in from your family of origin or or the way the world's preaching you a story and you'll find those stories we are story making machines we are made for purpose mm. so our purpose in life and I, we heard i heard listening to my podcast that we're doing is we've recommended is the cultural this cultural moment and yep. much of the things we're picking up here we're just talking about regurgitating yeah totally for crawley and for st john's yeah. but it's really forming us and you know one of the things mark sayer says in that is we are not formed for two coffees at ikea yeah. a really comfortable life and go under the radar mm. we are formed by purpose but we're story making machines so you've got to look at the oral traditions of history people love stories uh they love myths they love uh, uh legends they love the bible they love just stories mm. you know you know part of german national history with the uh is the grims the, uh, the grim brothers writing down fairy tales that actually formulated in 1872 part of the campaign by bismarck this is my history coming nice. out. Yep. Uh, is a unified storytelling for that nation so that so the fairy writing down fairy tales was actually part of their identity so they had a story to connect in with oh, wow. and so we are built for it and mm. we are always looking for stories I, I remember my friend down in um ashington set, set up a group uh, about telling stories in a pub so it was a men's group but it actually got people that weren't connected with the church to come mm. tell really ordinary stories. And I remember the, the, the four times it ran, and it's, I think there's an art in storytelling, and I'd love to see a storytelling group yeah, build up. Yeah, wow. uh, you know, I can think about Sam coming to us. I think Sam would be a really good storyteller. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jimmy would, is a great yeah, storyteller. Uh, but there's something to say there's an art of telling a story, mm. you know, in, in the police weirdest phrase, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> um, but in the police, you're born to tell stories. Yeah, you know, but um, but in this group, you'd get there, and the, I remember one distinctly was one bloke in his sixties came up, hadn't come to church, but he just told a very simple story about the way that him and his dad went to football on a Saturday, mm -hmm. and his dad was from was a bricklayer, but actually wore a tie and jacket whilst bricklaying all his life, and would turn up to football and there wasn't a dry eye in the house because we were given this like image of we suddenly understood this chap that we played football with for ages yeah and the way he was just by him telling the story and it was just beautiful mm. but we're made for those stories because we want to connect uh, yeah know. i think um uh, uh if you want to know about storytelling in a different there's daniel miller has written a book called blue like jazz and different things and he's he's christian but he talks about stories and the seven elements of every single film you'll watch and you'll see it and you'll see the seven elements and go oh yeah i know where the film's going because there's mm. seven sort of elements of you know and you'll see it and you'll pick up on it it's things like there'll be a the couple get together and they love <laughs> each other but there'll be some mess up and then yeah. they'll go apart and then they'll come back together but the hero of the piece and uh, yeah i've been fascinated with stories all my life so i did classics when i was at school and so the odyssey homer's odyssey and uh, uh and then Ver the virgil aeneas and the iliad from homer as well it's just mm -hmm. about stories and uh, we so we tell those stories about so that's number one so yep. i did go on a bit about no, that's that. all right so uh, yeah stories number one stories we tell ourselves and then we have habits yeah patterns. habits so yeah habits and patterns i think so taking speaking into your language so the stories behind songs will be really important to you wouldn't they yeah i would have said so yeah so and, and you you even see it don't you like people um you see it in the worship community where it, you know 
Bright City will release a new song and then the next day they'll release a YouTube video where they talk about the song sh- story behind it and it adds depth, it adds layers. And yeah. It comes of, real, comes human, yeah. comes connectable in a way. Yeah, in a way that this kind of polished artifact that you see perhaps yeah. wouldn't be as well. Yeah, it was the Macmillan, John Mark Macmillan, is it? Yeah. And that story of... Raise a Hallelujah. Or is it the Raise a Hallelujah or uh, is that is that one about the suicide of it or the death of his friend? No, there's one... Raise a Hallelujah is about... Um, a child who wasn't very, really wasn't very well, and they ah. were singing over him. We raise a hallelujah despite what's going ah, on and in so the presence okay. of yeah. my enemy. Ah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, okay. So that suddenly that's added meaning to me. And yeah, yeah. Beth and uh, Matt Redmond's story about blessed be your name about yeah, uh, yeah. miscarriage yeah. and losing babies, and so yeah. you know that's really depth. And when you hear a story in the secular world and know the story behind it, you go, oh yeah, you know, it's, mm. it's really really powerful. So the stories elements there, and a bit like the patterns, how you've come to the the song will matter. It's it's the steps and the journey. It's what I say to the team every time. It's mm. the it's what we're doing Saturday, uh, Monday to uh, Saturday for Sunday that matters more than what happens on Sunday. Yeah. So that we are having habits that we all have, and some of them are destructive, some of them seem not destructive, but in the long run are destructive. I think. Uh, John Mark Homer talks about um, his love of coffee. He never had a love of coffee, but actually living in Portland, uh, uh, he's a, I think he's a hipster type place. Yeah, it sounds sounds amazing. It does, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like Brighton, but on yeah. on a different level. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, he didn't like coffee. Suddenly, in the habit of working in a coffee shop, started drinking coffee, drinking coffee every day, made him fall in love with coffee. Yeah. And that's got habits that's good. But in the long run, his doctor would say maybe not quite so much mm. as he is. Yeah. So those habits are just sort of, you know, I had a habit when I went out of school, I'd get a big feast from the ice cream van every day. Right, yeah. And it felt a really weird day if I didn't buy the big feast. Yeah. yeah. Not a great habit, no. but I did it every day for the whole of my school life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, apart from rugby training and cricket training, but big feast. Yeah. <laughs> Still nice. love big feast. They've <laughs> shrunk in size. We are being head over. Anyway. Are you sure? Have they changed or have you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they call them feast now because they can't call them big feast. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I've heard of a feast, but not a big feast. They used to be called big feast. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. So the habits are, you know, what we've been talking about, the spiritual disciplines mm. is, you know, waking up with Jesus constantly rather than going to uh, Facebook or to the news feed. Facebook will take you into the world of relationships and that comparison and a cat is a cancer that you just sort of feed into the news will take you into despair and the world scripture will ground you and take you into the presence of jesus yeah yeah and then the third one on this triangle is relationships yeah so relationships that's um talking about good and bad we often pick relationships that feed into our story so Mm. i would say that um those people that are looking for the story of getting ahead in life, keeping up with the Joneses, will find people that are on the same story and be exchanging and going one better at barbecues of going, where are you going on holiday? I'm going, oh, I'm going skiing in in, uh, February and I'm going uh, to the Maldives in uh, summer and Mm. they'll be, oh, I need to, they're going skiing and we need to go somewhere in February, you know, and you'll, you'll form those relationships with those people on the school gate. You know, you, you generally won't form the same relationship if you're in that narrative, in that story, mm. with people going, I'm really struggling to go on holiday. Mm. Because they'll make you feel bad yeah. in one way yeah. and you won't want to make them feel bad. So you'll form those relationships. Similarly, sometimes that um, if you're carrying an issue and you're looking for a partner to be the solution, you'll look for a codependency mm. where 
either one person is getting is there to save the other person out of that relationship so it'll be someone who's always got a story about having to step up and save people yeah they'll find someone that needs to be saved yeah and the victim will always look for someone to save them and that will be good and bad mm. in those relationships mm. and you'll be looking to complete yourself in them yeah does that make sense yeah it does yeah so in terms of like um, this spiritual formation, this is under the unintentional yeah. heading. And these are all, so like these are environment and context we have in the, in the middle of our triangle, don't we? And these are all quick fixes, as you say, of, um, you know, we are being formed by each of these things, but kind of unintentionally. Yeah. And so on the, you know, on the environment side, yeah, yeah. you know, living in Crawley, your environment, so your story about being in Crawley, you know, do you want to just expect, by being in Crawley, you're, you're, you're living out your life by being in that context. Mm. And so you know more than anyone about what it's like to have to have the narrative you, you, know, you spoke yeah, to yeah. us about. Yeah, so, well, like, um, Crawley kind of, I guess, is known. You say it's, like, known to be travelled through, right? It's known to be between London and Brighton. Yeah. And the kind of the, the outward look of that is, um, you know, from, from a, a creative like me, we're always looking at people who are doing things in London and doing things in Brighton and going you know either i need to go there to do that or yeah. i need to try and somehow do this the way that they're doing it yeah. in my situation yeah and and then trying to work out what that looks like in in crawley you know it becomes this big heavy thing and, and it, you know it's only recently that it's been a, a conscious thing for me it's always been yeah. i don't know something underlying of like i don't even know o almost like an What's the opposite of self-assuredness and insecurity? Yeah, uh, because like because it's crawly because you know because it doesn't happen here, but that's not the that's not what God speaks over crawly, and so no. you know trying to work through that, I guess. And the sort of narrative that even you're from crawly, but you're on the move. Yeah. So your whole projection is to move out of crawly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was always the plan, wasn't it? And you've had to fall in love with it again, I guess, in a different yeah, way. Yeah, well, Emily and I together, really. Um, yeah, I, I won't speak for her, but but certainly, yeah, it, it wasn't somewhere that I thought I could do what I was called to do, I don't think. Um, and, you know, and both both in our family life and in my career and uh, in my spiritual life as well. Um, you know, we would have kind of muddled through and that kind of thing. But but yeah, it was never some I, I never expected to be doing what I'm doing on the path that I'm now whilst being in Crawley, I guess. Yeah. No, I think, I think with the unintentional spiritual formation, you probably wouldn't. Yeah. What you, I think what you stepped in is, is into the next stage we're going to talk about, which is spiritual formation. And out of that journey has come the context environment is less important at forming you mm. onto the narrative. But actually now you know you're called here because of the Holy Spirit being in the centre. Yeah that then you are now looking at the environment and context in a different way mm. and of impacting it a different way by addressing the other three points of the, the circle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> point three points of the circle. Yeah. That's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so being intentional, as, as, as you just said, um, you know, look into the Holy Spirit, look into, um, yeah, well, look into the Holy Spirit to, to form us to, rather than the environment and the context that we're in forming us, the Holy Spirit forming us. And that kind of is through three things again. So we're on we're on a new triangle now, and um, at the top of the triangle we've got rather than stories that we tell ourselves, teaching. Yeah. So I think it's key to have started off with the Holy Spirit in the middle. I think if I did my preach again, I might have started, but then I think we'd have just spent the whole time talking about the Holy Spirit. But 
the Holy Spirit being sent as the advocate, the one that is for us and fighting for us in a legal kind of sense as yeah, well, yeah. Um, is so crucial to every single one of those points on the, on the uh, triangle. Mm. If we don't do teaching with the Holy Spirit, then it's not really teaching. No. If we do community without the Holy Spirit, it's not really community. And if we do patterns or rituals or spiritual disciplines without the Holy Spirit, it's not really. So the Holy Spirit is key. Mm. You know, it's what we center ourselves upon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's not the only thing. And then that's why we need the three things together, not one. So teaching is, uh, I think, reading your Bible is really important. But I also think reading the Bible with, say, you can... I think you can be lazy and say I'm reading it for myself with the Holy Spirit inspiring me and read every single story as if it's written to you. And of course the Bible does that and you're always looking for where you're in it. I think there's a way to read the Bible, hermeneutics, which would be the, the long word of saying it, is you've got to ask the question of what audience, what persons was it written for mm. and start there. Yeah. And what you need to read the Bible is read it alongside a commentary. A yeah. good one, and yeah, we'd be yeah. really happy to recommend really good ones. Uh, and to read it alongside that, then really go into depth with it. Mm. I think mm. you should read great swathes of the Bible. That's really good. And you know, an hour of that uh, once a week. You know, and go through the Bible in a year. That's really good. With Nicky Gumbel giving commentary in, but actually, I th and I think the Bible projects a really good thing. But what I don't want, what I see happening is. We go for an Instagram kind of grab of Bible yep. reading. Jeremiah what? 29, 11. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we want to basically have all the hard work done for us. Yeah. And actually what we've got to come back to is working through very slowly and deliberately teaching in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that, that should be done individually. That should be done in groups. And that is done corporately on a Sunday morning, which yeah. is exactly what Jesus did. Mm. And so... That's where I'm talking about teaching. Also read a book alongside that that's expanding, like uh, John Mark Comer's people reading now. I'd encourage you to read any of his books. Really, God has a name, which I've read in the summer. Garden City really helps talk about work. Um, there's another one that I haven't read, but Mark Sayers' books, we've talked about Disappearing Church, Appearing Church, really good celebration of discipline. Richard Foster, classic, read it. Anything from Dallas Willard, Eugene Peterson. There's a great swathe of, you know, uh, I think I was talking to uh, Bobby uh, McAdam this morning and he was telling me just I was talking about uh, church history and um, and he was telling me about Tom Holland's book, The Historian, and that's one me to pick mm -hmm. up. So we, none of us have got the whole range. Yeah, yeah. And, but pick a book and just delve into it. And on your Sabbath, when you give that day a rest, read about God, mm. you know. Sabbath isn't about switching off from God. It's no. intentionally stepping into God and so... That's where I think reading. So that's what I'm talking about teaching is it is a mind thing, but I spoke on Sunday saying it's not about a knowledge thing, it's about no. a relationship thing. And the purpose of reading any book, reading the Bible, and delving in is not to get more knowledge so you can look more clever. It's about learning more about God and Jesus mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's yeah. about relationship. Being changed through it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um being formed spiritually, yeah. intentionally being spiritually formed yeah. through it. Yeah, great. And then, so uh, you got teaching, um, and then, like one of the, as you say, one of the ways that we do teaching is is through patterns, through through yeah. the, the regular things that we do in the day to day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So patterns. Yeah, patterns. I think we've spoken about before. Yeah. It's, like, it's you know Sabbath. It's uh, there's n it's not an exhaustive list. It's spiritual disciplines. I you know said that actually spiritual makes it a little bit sound. Actually, it's a, a, a 
uh, a sort of mysterious thing up there, but actually it's, it's by mind, body and spirit. I'd, I would see you looking after your body just as a spiritual discipline as yeah, much yeah. if you connect it on a, you know, I'd love the group that started in Brighton with by Tom Holbert, who's the vicar at St. Matthias, and he started a thing called Jog and Pod. So they'd all listen to a podcast while they jogged, nice. stopped, and came, the same one, yeah, yeah, came yeah. into the pub <laughs> and talked about it yeah. afterwards. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I totally get that. And I, but, mm. I, you know, when it flips over and that's your only spiritual discipline and you are neglecting other stuff because you've now worshipping your body yeah. rather than, you know, that's that can quickly change. Mm. But I would say that's a spiritual discipline. Yeah, yeah. Sabbath, you know, we Bible reading, learning, memorizing, you know, scripture and yep. is is just as crucial as uh, then Lectio Divina of going deeper into a little passage. Mm. They're all stuff. There's God has given us a rich tapestry. Yeah. Yeah. He's not expecting you to do all overnight. So that's why we say it's a lifelong journey and takes more steps. Mm. But start doing inventory of your life that what you want to drop of the habits and intentionally then pick up some of the other habits because if you really touch my space you know, it's like that thing where the evil spirits are taken out of someone's body and then it says oh there's so much more space for seven more mm. spirits to, you know if you clean out your house yeah, yeah. you've got to then replace it yeah i yeah. think that's a really helpful image isn't it so you know we spoke at, in the unte- unintentional thing we had stories and habits stories that we tell ourselves and habits that we just i guess find ourselves doing yeah. and then being intentional about replacing those with teaching from books and from church and from the bible and patterns that we can pick up so that intentionality goes back into our stories because actually learning and teaching ourselves about god's stories that helps us to connect our story and redefine it in his eyes yeah rather than a worldly eyes and actually you know when you go into freedom prayer one of the most important things is you you know you recognize what needs to be done as in what's good in prayer Mm. then you uh, renounce it and get it out, but you yeah. replace it with God. So if it's a it's a it's a spirit of anger that you're dealing with, you go, you know, I recognise that I'm angry. These are the times I get angry. You know, I renounce that anger and push it out. Mm. But you replace it with God's love, mm. and it's important that you replace. It's that kind of. It's not a thing of I've got to strip away my life to create complete space. Mm. It's creating margin, but that yeah. margin's filled by God. Yeah, yeah. But that's not more more stuff to do. That might be just being. Yeah. And and the final the final uh side of the circle, if you like the final <laughs> yeah, yeah. the triangle point. <laughs> and rather than relationships and how, how they unintentionally form us, having a community around us which which intentionally forms us. And I think as well, you know, all, all of these as as you will have uh, noticed are kind of interrelating. But for me, um I guess when we were talking about this is probably a story that I would have told over myself as well as being related to relationship, but if I was in a band I would always have said, oh, I want to be, I want to be the worst person in this band because I want to be able to learn. But actually the community, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, that's I, very, that's good. That's good. But, I like that, yeah. but, but that's, that's just challenge. Yeah. yeah. And so we're saying the communities that we want to be intentionally yeah. in are challenge and comfort. Yeah. So exposure and encouragement, you either, yeah, I've yeah. got to think of a D word if you can go think of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those sort of things, that's the sort of preachers sort of excited, <laughs> but to have that comfort and challenge, You've got to have both because if you're always being challenged, you'll be worn out and yeah. you'll con- continually tell the story about yourself. Is yeah. actually you need to improve, you need to improve. You'll, so you'll never never enjoy the union and presence with God in that moment because mm. you'll be always coming out of that debrief of having been in that band going, I could have done this better. Yeah. And there's a moment, there's moments that that's good and that's critical because you don't want to make the same mistake twice, but there's also a bit where you lay aside and go, I'm human. Mm. I'm inspired by the Spirit. 
and I've just connected with God, and that's just a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we don't go for slickness at St John's. We go for authenticity. Yeah. We go for it intentionally. Go for excellence, but we never. We're not going to be excellent, but we go for it. But accept that we're not going to be there. Yeah, yeah. And because right. and, and, we don't even give room for God in our brokenness, it's like the, it's like just having that imperfection mm. in just one thing because you'll never get perfection. So, community, you know, comfort and challenge is just absolutely. So. We've got to always be thinking the best of each other. We've mm. always got to be speaking words of love over each other. And it's like, you know, it's why we've, you know, when we started and we've got that still, me and Liz, love each other loyally and deeply. Mm. That is encouragement. But love in a marriage, in, I used a marriage on Sunday, is really wanting the best for the other person. So it's really, and that sometimes means by sitting down and going, you, you've made a couple of mistakes here. Mm. Yeah. Or it's listening to a pattern story and going, you do because it's often our blind spots. We'll tell our story and not realize the narrative. Mm. You know, I've told it enough times that I know the narrative for me is like striving, achievement, success, failure. You know, they're, they're the narratives that mm. can prop up. And then that's why I will say quite often I'm risking God's reputation, not mine. Yeah. And that's, and I do that to level myself and to bring me back to the story of Jesus. Mm. Um, and so I think that comfort and challenge is key. Some churches are all comfort which means there's no risk-taking, there's no expectation. Mm. And uh, I would say I would be guided by passive-aggressive consumerism. So it's like, oh, we, you know, don't ask anything of us. And that's mm. that. Some churches are just challenge, and it'll be, I can never live up to that. And so you're always striving. So you'd be always a miserable offender. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in between, and we'll get it right and get it wrong in different places, is somewhere where we're growing. Mm. I do think it's built on trust i do think it's ability to disagree with each other well i do think it's a common goal towards jesus i do think it's buy-in and it's all the things of a functional church yeah i yeah. think if you're looking for somewhere you know we're going to do this teaching i think the other place that we could do teaching as we go on is the emotional healthy church yeah, yeah peter yeah. cesaro's but yeah. it's what i recommended to you as a leader it's mm. what i've read through but I think we've got to be emotionally healthy with it, and I think that's sometimes looking at the community. Mm, yeah, yeah, and and all of these, they're not quick fixes. You know, we had a line underneath with an arrow, and it said, "Yeah, this is the life journey. This is hard knocks. This is this isn't just going to be done." Yeah. Um, but these are things that you know, as a team, we're all uh, intentionally going after. And you know, Steve has asked on Sundays and on the podcast to email in if you are intentionally going after these things. If you're hungry and thirsty to be like Jesus, become like Jesus and do what Jesus did, do let us know because there's going to be opportunities to come yeah, and do this journey with I us. I think it might be the first, not on the first, because we're going to go back to the six. So the six is coming back. Yep. So that'd be good. I think not on the first because I think we just need to get the six done as in worshipped and as a team. Mm. But I think on the Wednesday after in November that follows the first six, uh, 7.30 and on a Sunday at 7.30, I'll be just turning up at church and just seeing who turns up and who's thirsty uh, for Jesus. And if you are, then on the first one, we'll chat about what the groups look like. Mm. And then after that, it will be we're going on an intentional journey where there'll be some reading beforehand and it won't be front-led. It'll be done together and you might lead some of it and it'll be us going on a journey because I think we all talk about revival in the charismatic circle, but we want to shortchange it and we want to find a formula to it. I don't think the formula is that hard. I think it's when society is taking over, 
And when God calls a remnant that's very serious about itself and is red hot and is not concentrating on the seeker, you know, or the fringe person is actually looking at the remnant and seeing what that looks like. It may be that St. John's season might be to develop, because we've got a lot of young adults, that remnant in the future and it might be some other place it happens. But it's, I think what God will judge us on is whether we're making radical, obedient, audacious disciples. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So yeah, do please uh, email in if you are hungry, if you're thirsty for Jesus. Um, email steve at stjohnscrawley.com. Um, but yeah, um, we've been really encouraged. We're really enjoying going on this journey together um, and we would love for you to, to join um, with us on it as well. Um, but yeah, thank you all for joining us on, on the podcast today. Um, we hope you have a really good week and we will see you on Sunday at the 9 or the 11.30. And as Steve said, the 6 is coming next week. So do uh, consider coming to that service as well. It's not going to be live streamed, so you'll need to get a ticket and come in the room. Um, but yeah, hope you have a really good week. Um, and yeah, see you soon.